Whatever it is you want to do in life, you'll be able to do. It's always you versus you. That it doesn't matter how old you are, how young you are, you can achieve anything that you set your mind to. Spend the rest of your natural life waking up and going after it. This is my purpose, and you will not stop me. You are listening to Mojo Sports. Yeah, hello and welcome to Mojo Sports, the Women in League Show, Season 2, Episode 20. My name is Dan Frost, and as always, I'm supported by the best panel in the business. Now, tonight, no Mon, um, still competing in the country championships there, doing a great job, uh, rising star in our game, that's for sure. We've got Tasha tonight, which we'll, uh, we'll check in on in a second. But again, tonight, uh, very, very happy this week as we get to welcome two brand new panellists to our show um, if you haven't had a chance to listen to our special episode 19, uh, where we sit down and chat with Kira Did, please go back and have a listen. One of our, yeah, one of the best episodes we've done here at Mojo Sports. Go back and have a listen. For those that have cheated and, and they're listening to this one first, uh, we might do a couple of introductions as well. Um, Jordy, we're going to go to you first. Uh, again, tell us a little bit about your connection to rugby league. Yeah, so I've been involved in the rugby league world for a little while, started out playing Harvey's, have had my own little boy, and I'm now coaching the Tasha Gale North Sydney Bears girls. Yeah, so Jordan Parsonage, Jordy, you are definitely a rugby league fanatic and are definitely going to um, fit in well here at Mojo Sports. Sienna Williams, welcome to Mojo Sports. Uh, mm-hmm. Again, tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, so I'm 17, fresh out of high school, um, been involved in rugby league for a while, bit of a footy head. My family's always been into footy. Um, currently, I'm playing with the North Sydney Bears in the Tasha Gale Cup, lucky enough to be coached by Geordie. So yeah, it's great to be here. No, I love it. It's going to be a great dynamic here at Mojo and uh, yeah, plenty to cover. It is a big year ahead, uh, but we're still right in the middle of it. And uh, well, it's green final time. Uh, it's finally here, the NRLW. Uh, yeah, it feels like Tash that, you know, there, there was such a big build up to this competition, you know, COVID postponement. We finally got there and uh, it just went a little quick, didn't it? Yeah, it, it certainly seems like it's just gone so quickly. But, you know, to have semifinals and to have an extension from what we're previously known as just the, the four rounds, now to have that, you know, etched out into seven rounds and actually have a semi. And we saw what happened in the semis, how, you know, it's just a cracker of a competition. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm sorry to see it end, but I'm really happy to know that there's another one in a few months' time. Yeah, we're pretty spoiled, aren't we? All right, guys, let's dive into the DMs and, and have a look at, uh, you know, the questions that we're getting. And uh, this week uh, we've picked out uh, who are our top three players from the competition so far. Tash, that's a little bit too close to the daily end voting that you're involved in, so you can park yourself on the bench there. For anyone that's interested in terms of who are some of uh, you know Tasha's favourites so far, go back and listen to previous episodes because uh, Tasha's certainly given a few players a shout. But, uh, Sienna, going to start with you. Who are your top three yeah. players so far? Yeah, it's been a, a really impressive season, so it's hard to narrow it down to three. Um, I'd have to go with Emma Tonegato is definitely up there. She's been really classy this season. You can definitely see her background as a full-time female athlete, so you can really see what a difference that makes. Um, Jamie Chapman's been really impressive as well. She was really impressive from the start of the All-Stars game as well, so coming in, she's just brought her strength to the NRLW. It's awesome to see, and you can't go past Millie Boyle just up the front. She just works hard every game, gets back up, keeps going. It's awesome to see, so those three are definitely my top picks from this season. Yeah, I cannot argue with any of those. That's a 
that's a great list. I'm actually looking at mine, being like, can I can I can sort of compete with that? But uh, fortunately, we've got a lot of great players um, in the competition. Look, my three, um, I've got Elsie Albert. I thought she was outstanding. Um, you know, she. You know, we, I guess when you're looking at some of these players, what they're what they're really doing is they're setting a benchmark for the rest of the competition. I think Elsie certainly does that. There's a lot of forwards in the competition who are playing really well, but at the end of the day, there's only a handful of names. You spoke about Millie Sienna, and, and Elsie's certainly in that category where you know she certainly looked up to as one of the premier players in the competition, and that's great. That's only going to improve uh, improve the competition, and um, yeah, outstanding player that's for sure. Uh, for, look for me, uh, Lauren Brown, a uh, bit of a personal favourite of mine. Um, um, just, you know, has so many um, skills there at the dummy half position. You know, she does. She doesn't just sort of pick up the ball and, and sort of, you know, throw it out there to a half. She's got so much to her game. Um, things didn't quite go her way with the kicking, um, you know, in that semi final, but that has been one of the standouts so far in the competition. She's been an outstanding kicker. Um, and again, she just tries so incredibly hard. And, um, you know, some of her defensive uh, work is also underrated. Uh, my third player, look, it's very difficult to split. Uh, I did have Hannah Southwell as an honourable mention, but I've got to go with Steph Hancock. She's a bit of a try-scoring machine. So, look, I know that um, obviously sort of, you know, towards the back end of her career there in the forwards, but who knows, maybe we need to get her more involved in the spine there because she's certainly showing a lot of uh, the dynamic performances in the NRLW competition. Sad that uh, the Gold Coast Titans won't be represented in the grand final, but, yeah, incredible performance there from Steph. Uh, all right, Jordy, uh, round us out here. Your top three. Okay, we've had six incredible athletes named. My three are going to go to Vani. Um, like Sienna mentioned, that history of coming from full-time female program is just incredible. Vani's ability to slot into the game effortlessly um, deserves a huge shout-out. I had Quincy Dodd down in my top three. I think Quincy adds so much flair and I think she just brings a whole lot of variety into that half position and being able to move around. She's unreal. I love her kicking game as well. Um, and I've got Bo. Um, huge shout out to Bo. Obviously, the, her season didn't end the way it wanted to, but um, her leadership skills are above and beyond. I've been lucky enough to play with Bo, not in league, but in touch growing up. And I know that she's just an amazing person to play alongside. And the way she led those para girls this year is something um, really admirable. Yeah, no, that, look, that, in some interesting lists there. Uh, incredible uh, talent in the game, that's for sure. And uh, it's going to be very interesting to see as this all builds up. Bit of a tease there for our daily M predictions. You know, by the time this episode is obviously released, it would have been announced. So it'll be very interesting to see whether we were whether we predicted it correctly. So stay tuned for rapid fire later on in the segment. All right, guys, let's jump into our first segment for tonight, the breakdown. It's do or die. One game. Got hit in the mouth and acted like somebody took our lunch money. This is what the greatest thing about sports is. You play to win the game. Um, not everything went to, went to plan at all. Um, and they run through our ass like through a tin horn, man, and we could not stop them. <laughs> <laughs> and as we mentioned, we're here. It's grand final week, and, uh, well, the whole world is buzzing because of the incredible semi-final performances that we've seen. But uh, here we are, the St. George Illawarra Dragons coming up against the Sydney Roosters. Now, uh, Geordie, going to start with you. Um, there was a lot of interesting, I guess, predictions with the Dragons. Tell me a little bit about what your thoughts were on this squad um, before the start of the season because, you know, there was a lot of people that were predicting they'd struggle, they'd had, you know, some some challenges in the past, but... Um, yeah, tell us a little bit about, I guess, your early thoughts on the Dragons. 
I actually had the Dragons and the Titans marked down at the beginning of the season as two teams that maybe if people didn't know a whole lot about other codes in women's sports, that they'd sort of be a little bit underrated. Um, I think the Dragons have brought not an underdog sort of ride through the season, but they very much haven't been looked at as big as a threat as Broncos. So um, to see them really chip away and really put together some consistent performances really built them nicely for the back end of the season. So I think they're, you know, the spine of those girls is um, a really threatening spine. And I think, I do think they're going to be quite hard to beat next week. Yeah, Tash, I I think, you know, we we hate to say I told you so to, I guess, the (laughs) the punters out there that definitely didn't give them a chance. But, you know, same as Geordie, you know, we were, obviously we did the road trip, you know, last year and we, we went through the state competitions and, you know, you're just looking at this roster and yes, there were, you know, quite a few players who hadn't sort of, I guess, debuted in the NRLW or if they had, they hadn't played too many games. But, you know, me and you were sort of looking at that squad and, and, and knowing a little bit of the coaching that goes on behind the scenes. Um, again, hate to say I told you so, but the Dragons certainly, um, certainly impressed. Yeah, they sure did. By the expansion, um, everybody would, would have noticed the most affected club uh, were the Dragons. So a lot of people were thinking, oh, you know, they're too affected. They came off an unfortunate season last season, um, not actually winning a game. So there was a there was this shadow over the Dragons. But if you go through the roster and you look at those players, um, a lot of them have not had to stop their footy. They've come through the pathway system um, and their experience at such a young age is absolutely outstanding. But for the Dragons to make the, the grand final, um, you look at their forward pack and you look at Shaley Bent, um, you, you look at Kezi Apps, Elsie Albert, Cody House is playing you know, out of a skin. She had a great BHP Cup, Dan, which we recognised in our earlier shows. And there's a, a little uh, North Sydney bear that comes off the bench there that has the go forward. And I'm sure, you know, my co-host Geordie and Sienna will um, speak volumes about Renee Target. I'm really impressed with her as well. So, you know, you talk about the Broncos pack, but, geez, the, the Dragons have got, you know, pretty good engine room. Sienna, when you make a grand final, it's not because you've got one or two good players. You know that. I, you know every every club in the NRL uh, in, in the NRLW competition has that. But to Tasha's point, you're looking one through seventeen. All of these Dragons players should be incredibly proud of themselves because they've all played outstanding. That's one through seventeen. Um, but I did want to focus a little bit on the forward pack because if I was to say where is the strength within the Dragons and probably an area that has kind of shocked the rest of the competition, it would be the forward pack. Talk to us a little bit about that. But, you know, is, is it really that surprising? Elsie Albert, Kezi Apps there in the starting front row, that's a, that's an incredible combination. Yeah, I think a lot of people haven't really taken too much notice of Elsie um, yet up until this season. I think she's really grown into it this season and she's really put her name up in lights. She's stood out to me for... Um, this season a lot and obviously Kezi Apps she's got the name um she's obviously got that great leadership skills that you can see out there on the field she really leads by example from the front and it's that engine room of the forwards that are really leading them forward making space for those backs and they've got um a lot of young girls in the backs a bit of an experience but you can see it's working um they've really gelled together as a team and those forwards putting that um big hits and big meters up front which is really making room for the attacking options 
All right, Geordie. Coach's hat on. Let's get the clipboard out and let's start to unpack this a little bit. There's there's one player that I do want to call out here, and that's Holly Wheeler. Uh, I call her out because of the little one percenters that Holly gets through um, on the defensive side of the ball. One of the things that has been apparent in the competition is there has been a little bit of sort of fading towards the back end of halves, and some teams have really struggled to put together complete performances. One of the most impressive things about the Dragons is they have just been competitive from start to finish, uh, first half, second half, and, you know, they've really been gritty in defense. I just watched the way Holly, you know, uh, I just gets out there and competes in defense. I, I really feel like she's a bit of an inspirational leader for that pack, and I, she doesn't cut any corners. She's uh, a very hard worker in that pack. Yeah, massively. So we talk about... um with my coaching hat on, second efforts um, being really, really important and pivotal to either winning the set or winning the momentum back, um, whether that's making a big hit, um, winning that ruck and then getting to your feet and making chasing in for that next effort. Um, those are the sort of qualities that a lot of those dragon skills have. Not only are they big and strong and powerful runners, but they're fit and they're willing to do the hard work. So I think that's really important. I know Wheels does a lot of that, and that's why she's such a pleasure to watch yeah, on the she, field. She does so much clean-up work, and then, you know, it just holds her teammates accountable where, you know, she's making multiple tackles within a set, and, and you know, she's getting thrown around by players that are bigger than her, and, uh, you know, she pokes a little bit of fun at herself on social media as well. She's a great character and, uh, you know, definitely an important part of that. So, Tash, you know, obviously we're giving credit to a lot of players who are defending and, and sort of saving a lot of tries, and I think that's been the unwritten story of the Dragons season so far. But let's talk about the attack. Let's talk about, um, I, I guess, where all the tickets are being sold here in terms of some of the firepower. Now, you know, we've obviously sung the praises of, you know, Chapman and Berry. They've been absolutely outstanding on that edge. But one of the things that, Tash, you've been speaking about recently is their balanced approach on the other side. Talk to us a little bit about Paige McGregor and Bartlett on the other side because um, it, it's something when you can attack on both sides of the field. Yeah, it sure is, Dan. It's great to, to have that threat on both sides of the field. And I think, um, you know, we talked about being able to unlock that threat on both sides. It, you know, it's a, it's a horrible thing for the defensive team to have to manage. But to talk about, you know, Maddie Bartlett, she's up there with the, um, the leading try scorers. Um, she's got uh, Paige McGregor who is outstanding in defence and, as we saw in the semis, she really knows how to hold up and gets that perfect pass out. So, you know, you've got Berry and Chapo on one edge and then you've got um, uh, Paige and Maddie on the other and we just spoke about the Dragons' engine room and I haven't even mentioned the Emma Tonegato factor yet. Uh, and you put with that the combination, the, the halves combination that started with the Dragons were the only combination in the entire NRLW that did not have a current international player in there. Um, now, you probably want to talk about the halves later, but I just had to get that in. I can't, I can't fault the Dragons. No, let's, let's give them their, their credit. And, and Geordie, the, the halves are really interesting because you look at Talia and I thought... You know, um, you know, really young player, Rachel Pearson, the same. And, and you know, there's a couple of things to it. I thought they, you know, both of them warmed into the competition. Rachel obviously had uh, a couple of injury concerns towards the back end there. But, again, putting your coach's hat on, thinking about how do I, how do I set up young halves to be successful in such a, 
uh, a sprint in, in, in a tournament. You know, we don't have 26 rounds to get this right. How, what's the what's the best way to make these players feel comfortable? We've just spoken about the forward pack. I think that's a big part of it. But, Jordy, the combination of Emma Tonegato, obviously, at fullback, and then the Quincy dodd Keely Davis situation there at hooker. And let's be honest, they've been able to come in and play a little bit of playmaking lock. They've been able to interchange between the dummy half. That must take a lot of pressure off these young halves. Yeah, I think the balance that the Dragons have this year is something that's quite um, unique to their squad. They've got a lot of room for flexibility and the ability to shift, like, oh, the sort of role of carrying attack and coordinating the attack. So it's not heavily loaded on one or two players at all. They've got the flexibility to share that around and meaning that they can sort of take a strike here, take a strike there, and then recenter and go off your traditional attack. So they've got that flexibility to move it around and it makes it quite um, unpredictable for the defence. So I think that's really quite key in why Dragons have had so much success in this season so far. Yeah, no, it's been interesting, you know, and it, it takes it takes quite a while to kind of build up a squad like this to, you know, reach a grand final. But, um, you know, obviously they won't be getting too far ahead of themselves. But, you know, this is a young team. This is a team that could potentially play together for quite a few years into the future. So for all the Dragons fans out there, you've got a very special group of players and I'm sure they're going to go out there on grand final day and uh, make you proud. All right, guys, well, let's flip it over to their competitors. And it is... The Sydney Roosters, uh, an incredible upset. You know, again, we spoke about this in our previous episode, an historic upset um, as the Sydney Roosters down the Brisbane Broncos um, to punch their ticket into the grand final. Tash, again, we kind of predicted this at the very, very, very start in the preseason. You know, we, we sort of touched on Sydney Roosters, again, looking at some of their players and, you know, really believing that this, they, they could be a bit of a dark horse threat in the competition. But... Um, it, it, look, this competition hasn't gone the Sydney Roosters' way. They have definitely done it the hard way to, to get to the grand final. Yeah, Dan, like losing the first two two games, um, I was writing them off. Even though on paper, you know, in the preseason we're going, oh, wow, you know, this is the team that might be able to topple the Broncos. And then when they've got Corbs McGregor, who is – She's a leader beyond anybody's expectation. She is amazing. Uh, she, she missed the first two rounds that they lost. Uh, their coach said the minute that Corbs came to training on the Monday once she was cleared of the COVID um, problems, the whole team lifted. And, yeah, they just haven't looked back. Yes, rocky start. And then in the semifinal again, rocky start. But they came through with the goods. Sienna, I'm giving a lot of love to forwards in the in the in the grand final preview, but I mean I have to say the Sydney Roosters performance in the forwards was I mean, I, I'm speechless. I I, I I cannot believe what I witnessed. It was it was an this is a talented group. We'll talk through some of the individual players, but Again, to bring your best performance uh, under that sort of pressure, it, it was impre- it was impressive because they absolutely dominated the Brisbane Broncos up front. They won every ruck, and uh, you know they were making seventy meters every single set. It was an incredible performance from the Roosters, and you know I, I believe they can carry it through into the into the grand final. This is going to be an unbelievable clash in the middle. Yeah, definitely. I think everyone was a little bit surprised that they. Um, actually took so much might to the Broncos forwards. You've got um, like Millie Boyle and Amber Hall up there that really cause havoc and have caused havoc this whole NRLW season. But those Roosters girls really took it to them. I think um, 
Sarah Togatui, um, her step is just unbelievable. As she gets close to the line, she's always damaging up that front. And as you mentioned before, Southwell, you can't go past Hannah Southwell in defence. I think she's one of the best defenders in the comp, and she really proved that today. She got some big hits on, um, and they just dominated that ruck, like you said, and they got moving forward quickly and gave good quality ball to the backs to really create some space and give them room to move. So, yeah, definitely winning that ruck was a really important part of that Roosters win today. Geordie, when you win these big games, you often learn things about your football team. You know, like, it, you know, we all know that Isabel Kelly, Jess Surges, they're out and out superstars. I mean, that's, that's pretty easy to see. You watch them play for a couple of minutes and, you know, they're, they're, they pick themselves. But, you know, there, there were a few things um, out of that semifinal performance that I think, um, you know, Coach John Strange would be pretty proud of. In particular, uh, Jocelyn uh, Kelleher off the bench, Coming in, obviously, um, you know Olivia Higgins was, was sent to the was sent to the sin bin, and um, you know Jocelyn sort of came in, and you know obviously her background is sort of playing as a half, but I thought she was really dynamic there at the dummy half position, and you know th- th- these are some things that that I guess you know the coach can sort of write down and, and have a bit of a think about when it comes into the grand final, but yeah, really impressed with her ability to come in off the bench, and you know along with Keely Joseph, you know a really dynamic interchange, which you know is definitely going to help the Chooks coming into this one. Yeah, you talk about momentum off the bench, and that's exactly what those Roosters girls provided today. They really did manage to, you know, rally the troops that were already on the field and get the message out and get the girls firing for a comeback, which was a spectacular watch for the rest of us on the sidelines. Uh, Tash, uh, Hannah Southwell's controlled temper is something to behold. Remember, she, she made that uh, she made that error in that semi-final and that next tackle, I, I can't remember off the top of my head who, who she who she tackled, but, I mean, they're, they're probably still feeling it a week on. Uh, yeah, again, Hannah Southwell, her leadership, her composure, and her ability to not be intimidated. I mean, there, there's not a player on the planet that Hannah Southwell would be concerned about because she's all but perfected her defensive technique. Talk to us about the importance of having her on the team list coming into the, you know, a do-or-die clash. Yeah, she's got the experience and we've, we've spoken about her tackle technique being absolutely outstanding and she takes on a lot, well, I don't know about stronger, but definitely heavier, definitely, definitely larger players and, and she just she just mows them down. It's, it's absolutely outstanding and I think all the young players coming through, they should watch the reels of Hannah Southwell tackle because she's absolutely outstanding. And, Dan, you mentioned that she made that bit of an error and then the next play, yeah, she came up with a cracking tackle. But also in Hannah's defence, that ball that she received from dummy half was (laughs) way high. Like I think they were a bit mean to her, you know, thinking, that, that was her error. It was a really diff- difficult ball to catch, but still she took it on board. Yep, okay. Maybe somehow I, I should have caught that ball and she is a phenomenal player, so on her best day she may well have. Um, but then she just led her team with a cracking tackle. Yeah, look, from what, I'm, from what I hear, there's, there's a fair bit of banter that happens on the football field on the, in the NRLW competition. Hannah Southwell is probably one player that I just kind of avoid. Just let her do her thing. Don't upset her. Don't get her angry because uh, she can shake the stadium. Um, an incredible player uh, in the competition. Um, all right, Geordie, well, let's talk a little bit about the halves there for the Chooks in Zahara uh, Tamara and uh, Racine McGregor. 
I mean, again, I'm going to give the forwards a little bit of a plug. It was incredible. They found their they found their front every single time. They absolutely dominated the ruck. It just makes the halves life so much easier when you're not playing on the back foot under so much pressure. Uh, but let's give them a little bit of love because they, they've certainly been playing well. Zahara, she's had a very up and down competition, uh, in my opinion, and, and again was a little bit inconsistent in that semi-final. But I really feel like their combination is slowly growing and it's at the perfect time. Yeah, I think they're um, roosters have got a knack for it, but peaking at the right time of the season. Uh, I think Ray today was outstanding and just her ability to play with the ball and make it look so natural and create so much space inside and outside of her. She just has a way with tempo that she can create so much space for the girls. So um, in particular, watching Ray today, I was really, really impressed. And um, I can't wait to see what that pairing brings next week up against maybe a little bit uh, inexperienced on the other side in terms of big moment games, but the flair on both sides is going to be incredible. I just, yeah, can't wait to see what happens in those those two positions. Sienna, uh, grand final strategy is a really important one, and you think about the Dragons half there and Rachel Pierce, and one of the things that she does brilliantly is she, her kicking game, her long kicking game is outstanding, her ability to sort of um, you know change momentum and manage games. But one of the questions I've got for you is, is a bit of a half there as well, you can probably relate, is where do you kick to when it comes to Sydney Roosters? I mean, I'm looking at uh, yeah. Tapuga on, on one wing. I've got uh, Bridie Parker, who is catching every ball. You've got Jess Surges and Kelly. If you get the kick wrong there to the centre, so you can't go there. Um, I, I guess you know. I guess the point is the Roosters' backline is really sort of stepping up, and then you've got the captain Corbin Baxter. Um, yeah, it, it's a good position for the Roosters to be in. Yeah, I would not want to be kicking to that backline. That's for sure. There's almost no good place to kick. Um, there's strength definitely all around the park there. So I think she'll just have to be really careful with her kicking game. Um, a lot of eyes up footy, just checking out spacings um, and kicking for space in corners to try and get some momentum and some field position for her team. But she's proven throughout the season that she's a great kicker. Um, She's got great vision. So hopefully that um, vision that she's carried throughout this whole season will carry through to next week. And obviously there is a little bit more experience in the Roosters halves in Tamara and um, McGregor, but I think she'll step up to the plate. I'm convinced um, the Dragons will go well. Yeah, it's going to be an interesting one. And Tash, I guess a playmaker's dream is having dynamic second rowers who are genuine threats to score tries, uh, can break tackles, and the Roosters have got that as well. Yasmin Meeks, Olivia Koenig. I mean, we've had Olivia Koenig on the show recently. For our listeners, if you haven't had a chance to go back and listen to that episode, please do so. An incredible story there. But Liv's playing incredible. Yasmin, we know, we know her skill set, but... Again, that's another attacking threat for the Roosters because if you don't play their edge back rowers honest, uh, you know, they're going to cause chaos. I know everyone's concerned about, you know, making sure defence is sound for Jess Surgis and Isabel Kelly, but that's where the Roosters can be dangerous is they can play short uh, and those second rowers, they've got points in them. Oh, they've got more than points in them. Just on the side, they're a commentator's nightmare. Like that. We call them the twins because they're both awesome players. They've got similar build. They've got the long, dark hair. So here's a tip uh, that I've learned. Uh, Yazzie wears a red scrunchie and Olivia wears a white scrunchie, and that's the only way because their hair covers the numbers. But as far as their defence and their um, 
you know, their silky hands catching these passes, laying it on. They are an outstanding combination as the second rows. And, you know, then you just go, well, the next step out there's the centres and then you go the next step out's the the, the, um, the wingers. And I said you couldn't fault the um, the Dragons, but, geez, I don't think you can fault, fault East as well. Yeah, look, at, you know, rugby league's a pretty simple game and I really feel like the Dragons need to be really strong in terms of their possession. If they give the Roosters too much football and the Roosters are in good ball, they just have so much, uh, yeah, so much attacking flair across the ball. Um, and again, they're very well balanced. They can attack on the left and right, which is particularly um, interesting. All right, guys, well, no sitting on the fence, especially our grand final preview edition. It's time for our predictions and I also want to hear who your, who your prediction is for the MVP um, of the grand final as well. Um, so, uh, Sienna, let's start with you. Where are you going here? Who do you think is going to win this one? And who do you think is going to be that uh, that dominant player? Yeah, it's definitely going to be a tight one. I think the Dragons have shown the most consistent th- consistency throughout the season. Um, the Roosters peaked pretty well today, so let's hope they didn't play their grand final a bit too early. Um, but I'm going to go the Dragons by six or eight. Um, and I think Tonegato will stand out. Um, Hopefully the Roosters have eyed her off as one to contain, but I think she's a pretty hard one. So, yeah, I think um, she'll be the MVP of the grand final with the Dragons up by eight. Yeah, again, Dragons fans are loving the sound of that, that's for sure. Uh, Geordie? Yeah, I'm on the Dragons fence too for this one. So I am jumping on the Dragons bandwagon and I think MVP will be close between Emma and Quincy, I both I think both of those players have got the ability to break a game open with some natural flair. Yeah, look, it's uh, it's going to be interesting. Now, I've got to give a lot of love to the Sydney Roosters because a lot of the players, they're, they're from Newcastle, uh, the Central Coast, my local area, so a lot of love there. Um, one of the things I would predict is I, I really feel like the Sydney Roosters match up well in the middle. I was really impressed with the forwards from the Sydney Roosters. Um, you know, that semi-final is going to take a lot out of them, but I think they're going to ha- bring a lot of uh, confidence into the grand final. So I think these two packs are going to go toe-to-toe. Um, I think Isabel Kelly, Jess Surges, this is their moment where they can really step up. Look, for me, I, I think this is going to be a two-point game and I think Rachel Pearson is going to kick the match-winning goal from the sideline, and she will be the MVP with the Dragons just sneaking home with the victory here. All right, Tash, do we have a clean sweep here? Uh, it's going to be interesting to hear your thoughts on this one. Again, it, it really is hard to pick because both teams both teams deserve to be uh, the grand final winners. Yeah, they sure do. And, you know, it would just be a dream for the Dragons to take this out. And what a turnaround that Coach um, Sowers has done Sowers has done with the Dragons. But, you know, we can't go with a clean sweep. So I'm going to go the Roosters. I'm going to pick Togatuki to be um, MVP of the, of the GF. And I'm going to put just one point in it. And I'm going to put Tamara stepping up with the ice flowing through her veins and she'll kick the winning field goal. I love that. I love that. Well, look, tune in. It's going to be a very interesting game. Uh, The grand final, can't believe it's here. But uh, look, only one team can win. Uh, Yeah, both teams are going to be giving it absolutely everything they can. So tune in. Uh, It's going to be an incredible game. 
All right, guys, let's jump into our final segment for tonight, Rapid Fire. And we're going to talk all about that and a whole bunch of other things. What you need to know tonight. Sincere apologies to Matt Damon. We ran out of time for him tonight. We'll get him on the air again soon. Oh, my boss is sitting in closing time. Maybe that's what you're doing. Yeah, all right, guys, let's jump straight into our rapid fire question. And obviously, the Daily M medalist has been announced as the you know, the best player uh, so far in the competition. But uh, I want to hear your thoughts. Where You know, which way would you have gone here? Um, Tash, we'll have to pull you to, to the side for this one. But uh, Sienna, what's your, what's your thoughts? Who do you think is, you know, you gave us your top three at the start of the episode, done a little bit of a tease there. But, yeah, who's your number one player? Yeah, I haven't been able to stop talking about Emma Tonegato. So she's my pick definitely for Daily M um, player of the year, um, player of the season. Um, she's just been incredible this season coming from that full-time background. It's just awesome to see. Um, it's good to see that in comparison to the girls at the moment. So it gives us a good um, playing field of what it is to be a full-time and a part-time athlete. So, yeah, I'm going to go with Emma. Um, this season for the Dahlia medalist. Yeah, it's a good one. And Sienna, we'll, we'll, we'll touch back on that, um, you know, after the grand final, obviously we'll, we'll do a big breakdown of that game because, you know, this is this is it. These are the big games where you want your best players to really step up. Emma's been absolutely dominant throughout the competition. So can she continue that uh, in the biggest game on the biggest stage? I, I definitely think she's a good chance there. Um, yep, great selection there. Look, for me, um, again, giving a little bit of love to Lauren Brown there for the Brisbane Broncos. Um, I, I feel like she is a rare talent. Um, there is so much to her game. I really feel like um, you know she, there's, there's still so much more that she can sort of produce over the coming years. But just been really impressed with her leadership amongst a, a quality elite players. You know, she's got Ali Bringinshaw, she's got Taryn Aiken there, um, she's got Tamika Upton. She could be forgiven for kind of sitting back and just feeding the ball to those great players. But you know, uh, consistently throughout the game, she really sort of. Um, I, I guess, sort of steps up and, and, and dominates the contest. She's got a really good kicking game, um, great in defense, and, um, you know, she's building some really good combinations there. So, obviously, she's she's achieved everything in the game already as a representative star, but I think she's only scratching the surface. Um, multi-sport superstar, and uh, we're very, very fortunate to have her in our game. So, Lauren Brown, for me, um, yeah, not represented in the grand final, but um, great player nonetheless. Uh, Geordie? I'm going to go with Bo. Bo Vetti Welsh. I think Bo has had an incredible season. She's topped run meters week on week, makes incredible tackles. Her leadership, her communication, we see it on the field. Um, I think Bo's had an incredible NRLW season, and I think that would be the icing on the cake for her on what was otherwise a sour end for the season with that injury. Yeah, again, go back and listen to our, our one-on-one um, episode with Bo. You get a little bit of an insight into her cre- incredible career. But, again, there are some players where you just avoid kicking to. You know, Bo is the fullback. Um, all the playmakers in the competition are looking to try and find where Bo is and kick it to the opposite side of the football field. Um, she's an incredible threat. And um, just when you think she's contained, she breaks uh, she breaks tackles, two, three players. She's, she's incredible and uh, definitely wishing her all the very best in her recovery. Um, she's going to come back to the game and absolutely dominate, I'm sure. Um, Tash, not necessarily who do you think the best player was, but I'd like to get your reflections on the two new franchises that joined the competition. Obviously, the NRLW is going to continue to expand over the coming years. Give us a little bit of an insight into your thoughts on the Newcastle Knights and the Gold Coast Titans, because certainly the Titans, they gave it a red-hot shake, and you know it, it, it's, pretty, it's pretty impressive and, and puts us in a really good position moving forward. 
Yeah, I think it's it's been a great start for all three new franchises. I think um, Parramatta Eels, you know, that they look to be for all money making the finals. Um, it, you know, when it came to round five, they just got smacked um, by a very, very um, determined Broncos who were coming off a loss. Um, so, yeah, I, I hope that these... Um, New franchises maintain their core. I hope that they maintain the coaches. Uh, Newcastle Knights, even though they went through winless, we talked about the potential that they've got and we've talked about most of the games that they were in, they were still in that game until, you know, the final 10 minutes. So talking about expansion, um, you know, the Titans nearly, nearly came up with the goods to go into the grand final as well. I just think it's it's great for our game um, to have the, such three solid clubs join. Um, they're they're going to be in it at the end of this season. They'll be in it next year. And the other two that will join in 2023, uh, I'm really excited about because we've got the depth and we're, we're showing week in, week out, we can handle these expansions. No, that's for sure. And I, I didn't mention Parramatta. I said two teams. Of course, Parramatta. I feel like they're part of the fabric now of rugby league and you know, I, one thing quickly on Parramatta, I just felt like it was a really important moment for them for us to really um, represent Western Sydney. Again, you talk about some of the important junior nurseries in the game and, um, you know, just to see how much um, support they had. And, yeah, they'll be disappointed in that final game. But, um, again, we're, we're not done yet. There's another competition towards the back end of the year. And, um, yeah, I, I think they've I think they've got some really special young players. Obviously, as a Newcastle Knights fan, really proud of the girls, the way in which they came together. Again, there was a lot of players who hadn't played a lot of football together, if at all. So, um, yeah, I felt like they really competed. And there were moments where they really challenged the best teams in the competition who have been playing for not just years at the NRLW level, but also at state level. So I thought they competed really well. And these Gold Coast Titans, there are a few players who have sprinkled within that football team that are generational talent. So just keep a keep a close eye on the Gold Coast Titans because a title could potentially going be going to the Gold Coast in the future. All right, guys, that's all we have for you today on our grand final preview episode. Again, a fantastic debut uh, for our, from our two new panellists uh, here in grand final week. So great job, Sienna and Geordie, as we talk all things football. Tash, as always, loving your commentary as well. Um, it's going to be an incredible historic year for Women's Rugby League. And here at Mojo Sports, we're just so happy to be covering it. Uh, to our listeners, we hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you did, continue to download the podcast, share with family and friends. And until next week, we'll catch you then. You have been listening to Mojo Sports. Thank you for your support. It is very much appreciated. The team and I are trying to build something a little different here, so everyone's support is very much appreciated. Continue to support the podcast, download, subscribe, check out our social media channels, give us a follow, and be sure to tell your friends about Australia's best-kept secret. This is Mojo Sports.